And I've just hit record. I did send you the emails, but I'm, I'm not sure yes. if that email had the response from... Greg Sto- Stogren. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Is that on it? Or is that... Um, uh, no, I'm just looking at it now. It was a nice note about uh, the special show on New Year's Day, the January 1st show, the sort of retro, the 25th anniversary look back, or what were we calling it? Throwback. Number back. one in 97... 25 years later. Right. And Greg says how much he enjoyed it, and uh, he sent us a couple of pictures. One, uh, a picture, him with us, like, at least 25 years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, and then, even more. And a picture more recently. I don't know exactly where that is, but one more recently with him. So he's I think a, the recent picture, if I'm not mistaken, it, it looks like the Christmas show from... Jack Astor's a couple of years ago. Well, he's a long hauler, eh? He's a long hauler. <laughs> That's right. He, had the, he got the Humble and Fred virus early. Yeah. Um, and he just said, uh, you guys really brightened my day on Saturday. That was New Year's Day. I had some jobs to do, and I wasn't looking forward to it, but I saw you had a, a podcast that looked new, so I put it on, and I was ecstatic at what I heard. It took me back to my university days, and I didn't want the show to end. It was fantastic, and I'm really having a difficult time explaining how good it make it made me feel to hear that format again. You know what it was, Fred? It was like Field of Dreams. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a, a nostalgic place for people to go. You know, we built it, and they came. If uh, exactly, if you're just listening to this for the first time, like if this is your first new Humble and Fred show of the year, hi everyone. Uh, but we did do a, what we're referring to is we did a special show on January first, which was like the format of our old radio show. Freddie had a sports comment. We had Mister Gooehead. We had the Humble Report. We played songs. I walked. <laughs> I, I talked over the intros. That's right. We had a few of uh, the goofy bits from our number one in 97 CD. Yeah. Released oh so many years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was I, fun. I haven't listened to the whole thing last night when I jumped into the fart sack. I, I put it on, <laughs> but I fell asleep uh, within the first 15 minutes. No reflection of the show. It's just whenever I get in bed to listen to something, I quickly fall asleep. Man, I'm the same way. Like, I've got... I don't know what I'm going to do because whenever a new smart list comes out, like tonight, I get excited. I go to bed. I'm like, oh, new smart list because they the where I get them from Amazon Music. They're a week ahead, and I never get. I get 15 minutes in, and then I I'm like, oh, I want to listen to that. So I then I listen to it again after the show, like this show, while I'm having my um, breakfast. Right on, yeah. Well, I'm going to get back into a walking uh, regiment uh, today. All right. So I'll be listening. Maybe the first walk will be our show from January 1st. But uh, I need some exercise and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. New year, January 1st. You know, everybody's doing it. And then yeah. you stop doing it. And then, you know, you have the best intentions. And then you don't. <laughs> wow. What, 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 you're, you know what Everybody. you should do? You should do a TED Talk. 
Like a, one of those motivational four, things. <laughs> there's been four million stationary bikes sold in the past 24 hours, and you know you're you're so encouraging. They'll all become, uh, yeah, they'll all become <laughs> stuff to cl- uh, hang your clothes on. You know, I'm surprised you don't sell, um, you know, exercise <laughs> exercise equipment with that attitude. Ah, blah blah blah. You do. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this though. I have a story today about my uh, my six years of sobriety. Right. That I don't think I've ever told you. And I'm going to tell you that story today, okay? Okay. Okay. In fact, pretty quickly. Um, before we start the show, on, uh, I guess, third, I've lost track of the days, but last week, before the new year, we had a meeting with Phil. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended our relationship after 10 years, 10 plus years with this sweet angel boy. We ended our relationship. You know, sadly, it was time for Phil to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to be transparent and be all, you know, let you know. We know, you know, and now we all know, and now we're here. And please, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask us. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. But uh, we wanted to be honest and, and let you know it wasn't an easy decision, but it was a decision we had to make. Fred? Well, right, and we ended our professional association yes. with Phil, hopefully not our personal. But, you know, um, we're businessmen, and uh, the way the business has evolved, and, you know, a lot of factors, uh, just basic business reasons, uh, COVID played a part. It just got to the point where it didn't make a lot of sense uh, going forward. Uh, he, he has embarked <laughs> on a new career that he's quite enthusiastic about at IKEA. We can say that now. And uh, <laughs> by the way, is there anyone who didn't know he was working at IKEA? But he was, uh, yeah, he was quite guarded with that. Yeah, because somewhere in the in his contract it said you couldn't talk to the media about the job or something. Yeah. So much like the Chinese secret police, you know, he took it to the next level. But anyway, <laughs> that is. By the way, you made a good point. We didn't end our perf- uh, our personal. No. relationship with phil we hope you know i mean like anyone else who's gotten let go you know he was a bit stung the day it happened and you know i saw some things on facebook and i you know that's how people react and you know phil's no different he's a regular guy but we thought we were fair with him and we've been pretty you know to be full full to dis for full disclosure we think we've been very fair with Phil over the 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, it was 10 years. Yeah. And a lot happened over the 10 years. And uh, again, it just got to the point where it didn't make a lot of sense going forward. He was sort of, uh, you know, fragmented, so to speak, uh, with Ikea. He couldn't be here on Mondays. And, uh, you know, he it doesn't look like this show will be going back to a studio anytime soon. And he was sort of the studio manager. So that was out. Uh he used to prepare the show for radio play, terrestrial radio play. That is no longer a part of the picture, will not be going forward. So, And not to mention... Like, like any evolving business, uh, decisions have to be made. And, and those duties became less. Not to mention, when we're in the studio, you know, there's Fred and I talking like we are now, and Phil would be over to one side of us live and and would contribute more and and it made more sense 
But in this world of Zoom and, and our guests, having Phil just sitting in the one corner of the, the Zoom meeting for the entire show, not really doing much during the show, just didn't make any sense anymore. And, you know, let's just be truthful. It really wasn't about money as much as it was about the show evolving again. And and in, and in 22 months, Phil's participation, you know, in the content was way, way down. And to be honest, his particip- participation off the air had also been muchly reduced. He, he, still did, he still did some stuff for us, right. just not as and, much. And originally, like some others, but Phil in particular, when we employed him 10 years ago, the idea was bring this kid in, groom a bit, and groom him a bit. Give him some experience. Off, give him some experience, and he can get a job at a, you know, maybe a full-time job at a real radio station, and we would help launch his career, and... Uh, you know, we'd feel good about that. But over the 10 years, that never really happened. I don't think he was that interested in going and working for a terrestrial radio station because he enjoyed this one so much. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, he went off on another career, and I'm sure he'll do well uh, at Ikea. And he's, got, he's got a lot to offer logistically and uh, computer-wise, so there you go. Yeah, and it's not just Ikea, but I mean, Phil still produces some podcasts. Um <clears throat> We introduced him to Bill Brio and a few others, and and Phil is going to continue to do that. But getting back to him leaving us to go work at Terrestrial Radio, you know, if you think about the evolution, when Phil became Phil the Friday intern, we were just doing a podcast. Quickly, we became a morning show in Kingston. He was part of that. Then when that ended, we had our show on CFRB and a bunch of other terrestrial stations. He was part of that. Then we got a job at Sirius. So his career evolved. I mean, in the space of 10 years, Phil's worked at terrestrial radio station, produced morning shows, been part of satellite radio and all these podcasts. So, you know, got a pretty good resume. I would say that we we, we gave him a pretty good experience and no hard feelings. As I said to you a couple of times, you know, over the 32 years of doing the show together, many people have come and gone. Uh Phil's the longest I think he's even longer than Danger Boy, the longest associate, associate, continual associate that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. But the and go part always comes. Yeah. And this is Phil's and go part. We'd love to have Phil drop in anytime he wants, you know, but uh, it was time for us to move on. Yes, it was time for us to move on. And, uh, Again, he's got a pretty good resume. I mean, you just listed it. He's got a great resume if he wants to maybe pursue a job within radio again. But, uh, again, over the past couple of weeks, he's pretty excited about what's going on at Ikea. So, you know, he's married, and I'm sure he's going to be having a family soon. Uh, There's a full-time career for him to uh, pursue. So all the best to sweet Phil Hong. Exactly. And um, there is one person that's been involved in our show longer than anyone other than you and I, just not continually. And we've now employed him in one of the roles he's best suited for. Ladies and gentlemen. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and serving over 20 million customers worldwide. 
And now, here are two men who have combined 80 years of broadcast experience <laughs> and are still trying to figure it out. It's Humble and Fred. All right, everybody. Happy, happy New Year. Most of all. Most of all. It's the uh, 3rd of January as we record this program. Always a pleasure to have you along. Happy New Year, Fred Patterson. Same to you, Howie. Same to you. Yet another one is upon us. Yes, uh, 2022. It's like crazy. I, it, it is crazy. Oh, man, the years just fly by. And the older you get, the quicker they are. So, oh, yeah. So we do this thing, number one in 97, uh, all right, all right, 25 years later. That was, uh, so we've, we've celebrated a quarter century since we put that CD out. But I have a couple other milestones. So this summer will be 33 years you and I have worked together. August, we started August of 1990. 1980, sorry, 1990, Jesus, 1989. Nine, yes. So that's a, a milestone, 33 years of doing the Humble and Fred show. But I'm also right. going to pass in June of this year will be 45 years since I started announcing records on the radio. Wow. Mm-hmm. 45 years of that. And when did you start? I'll be 43. I started in 70, well, 78, actually, so I'll be 44. Yeah. I started working in radio in 1978, like, and got a paycheck, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't far. Yeah, I'm, the, the summer of 1997, I got my first check for yeah. doing on-air announcing, but that yeah, was not my was. first check for being an announcer, as you well know. Right. My first announcer's check was working at a... A company called Wilco. <laughs> Do they? I don't even sure people even remember Wilco. W O L C O Wilco Weather. Yeah, I remember uh, Wilco. There was one uh, in my uh, neck of the woods up there at Shepherd and uh, Kennedy. There was a big Wilco, and I remember going up there with my mother. It was a lot like Walmart is today basically the same thing yeah it was basically and i and i was the announcer at the accommodations desk so mm-hmm. when you went to woco all day long they had me reading little mini commercials by the way there's an article and i don't want to dwell on this because i just i had i had meant to talk about it when we talked about number one in 97 and uh and i'm sure we'll reference it a few times this week but there's an interesting article i read this weekend about why listening to old favorite music can be such an effective antidote to stress that's the uh, title of this article that I found at cbc.ca, and it's really interesting. The whole article goes on to talk about why we human beings like music, and in our case, sh- older shows that, that make people sort of n- nostalgia, n- mm-hmm. nostalgic for a time in their lives when things were simpler. The article says generating feelings of nostalgia can be a, com- a comfort and act as an antidote to stress. Especially during these, you know, times of lockdown and such. No, I get it. 
And I think I've told you on the show, probably the most significant album to me, not that he's my favorite artist, is Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Because I had got a uh, 65 Dodge van and I put an 8-track in it. And that was the one with just the mattress in the back. And it was my go-to 8-track. And whenever I hear any song from that album, I'll tell you, it takes me to a place that no other music does. I just driving around in my van and that eight track plan and i'm sure you have something like that no of well. course uh, i mean i don't have a, a creepy um you know van with a mattress <laughs> every time every time you bring that <laughs> every time you describe the the white panel van i'm like excuse me was that the uh, yeah. the creep mobile <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't. I go and drive around around midnight. Like that. <laughs> That's right. You go over to pick up doll. Um, here's an interesting statistic: Spotify reported a 54 percent increase during the pandemic in listeners making nostalgic themed playlists. Yeah, sure. Along with an increased share of listening to music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Mm-hmm. People are most nostalgic for the music that was around in popular circles when they were young adults, which is one of the reasons, and again, not knowing this in advance of putting out our little number one in 97, and I want to mention it a few times this week, only because if you didn't listen to it, a lot of people would have thought that show on New Year's Day was a best of, or a look, a best, you know, kind of a look, whatever, a a compendium of our regular show, but it wasn't. It was us doing... A 1997 Styles radio show, which is why it resonated with people, because it brings them back to a simpler time. Yeah, a lot of great music back then as well. Every era has great music. I mean, we all have our favorites. And, you well, know, I music gotta... often is, is like hockey. You know, people say, oh, the players nowadays, I pine for the 60s and 70s. That was hockey. And then... You know, that was music in the 60s and 70s. Well, none of that's valid. It's No, I know. It's subjective, and it's what you like at the time. It's funny. Sports isn't quite the same for me. Although, like, yeah, I can watch a rerun of Nicholas winning the 86 Masters and have a nice feeling, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like, watching a rerun of your, you know, of, of a favorite Leaf playoff victory, which was, I guess, in black and white. It wouldn't have quite the same, but that music that we played on the number one in 97 look back, a lot of that listening to it was very uh, nostalgic for me. Well, those, uh, you know, my Spotify playlists have the only 60s stuff I would have would be some Beatles stuff in 70s would be Elton John and some Neil Young. But most of my playlists are 80s, 80s and up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because you were in the '80s, you were working at the radio station, but you were all still, and yeah. you were all, yeah. as they say in this article, you were in that mm-hmm. sweet spot in your early twenties, mm-hmm. young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a little taste of what we were playing uh, on the uh, show, and uh, while you uh, dig this scene, man, let me tell you a little story. But our brand new client, GoDaddy, you know, actually, actually uh, the first time I think this has happened to us in the 10 years we've been doing this show, which is a client that we had originally 
has come back. Like this is, we have GoDaddy.com like five years ago. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website and everything else they need to get their business online. Do you have an idea for a small business or side hustle? Maybe it's that brilliant idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on or that online store you've been wanting to finally launch and start selling your products. Well, there's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website and do it all with GoDaddy and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card required. Just get started. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Fred? Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bodog. Bodog is where to go. And tonight, uh, by the way, is the final Monday Night Football game of the year. Next Sunday, because it's the last uh, week on the schedule, everybody plays on Sunday to keep it fair heading into the playoffs. So your final Monday Night game is the Steelers and Browns. Steelers, a two-point favorite, believe it or not, over the uh, Cleveland Browns. Browns play, uh, pay $115 to win. Bodog, for all your gambling entertainment. Hi, guys, says uh, Rod Fichette. Love the special edition. This just came in while we were talking. Brings back lots of memories, and I actually had a hard time deciding whether or not to fast forward through the songs. For the most part, I didn't, because they were a great selection, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Also can't get enough of the fart jokes. Ha, ha, ha. I agree with Fred that the humble report should be resurrected. But then what would happen to Dan Duran? Yeah, he would be voting against the Humble Report coming back. Great job, guys, and keep up the good work. Rod Fitchett. Rod Fitchett. I know we've gone through this with Rod before, but it's Rod. Thank you, Rod. Thanks, Rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So, uh, yeah, that's number one in 97. We talked about that. Uh, Bill Brio is our guest today. We'll talk about Betty White passing away at 99. John Madden also died while we were gone. Yeah, Betty White, she was one of the ones that just made me feel real sad. You know, stars come and go and, you know, they they die and you just think, oh, well, he's dead. But she was one of those that just a little bit more of a... Uh, a sentimental thing. I guess she was around so long. For yeah, that was, that's what it. was she a week away from turning a hundred? Yeah, Sixteen days shy of a hundred yeah. of being yeah. a hundy pee. But uh, yeah, she was a sweetie. She yep. was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about uh, her career. Looking back with uh, Bill Brio, that'll be a little bit later on the program. Um, now I'm going to tell you something. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure that I haven't told you this, but when I told Rachel the other day, she's like, oh, you've got to tell Fred. And I'm like, okay, well, because yesterday was the sixth anniversary of me quitting drinking. Right. Congratulations. Thank you. You don't know what you've been missing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, you know, people... Yes, uh, you do. Yes, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, people ask me, in fact, somebody asked me this weekend, did I miss it? And I think that's an interesting question. I don't miss, like, 99% of it. I, The odd time, as I've mentioned, in Italy... I get a bit nostalgic. Like, it would have been nice to have a glass of red wine. And people say, well, why can't you just have one? Right. I go, I don't know. Maybe I could. But I just choose not to. So, anyway, and I also wanted to thank uh, a lot of the 100 Ps uh, because uh, I don't really post very much other than golf stuff and the odd, you know, Trump thing. But on the anniversary of me quitting drinking, I always post some little vignette about how I feel and, and how it started or some I, I post something because I think that I'm not trying to be hokey or anything, but I think me divulging a pretty vulnerable thing might make other people feel like, I don't know, I don't know how it makes them feel like maybe that, you know, maybe they can do it or maybe, you know, I don't I don't know. Well, yeah, sets an example. Sure. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. So, so we've we've discussed why I quit drinking, and you've you've mentioned uh, you were you knew something was a bit amiss when we would go drinking together. Once we sort of started back doing right. this, you could tell that I certainly drank in a different way than you remember me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've commented on us going out for beers and me ordering scotch and uh, mm-hmm. all that, but. I have a question for you. Do you know or do you have a recollection in those days around 2014, 2015, when things were pretty, it was a tough couple of years for me. That was when you had to take me to the hospital. We were working over on 30th Street and we had our own studio at the time. But I don't think you ever knew that I went back to smoking cigarettes, did you? Uh, not offhand, no. Because I said to Rachel yesterday, I said, you know, in 2014, I hadn't smoked in about 10 or 11 years. Right. The girls and I were in Cuba. Mm -hmm. That was the summer lady friend and I broke up and I was pretty heartbroken and and drinking a lot. And we were in Cuba and I started smoking these little cigar, cigarellos or whatever. Yeah. And by the time we got back to Toronto... And remember, I hadn't smoked a cigarette in over a decade at that point. I started smoking Colts. This is when we were working together. So I, I, oh, you know what, Howard, you have actually. Told have me. I asked you this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've told me because I remember you telling me that you were smoking the Colts. You know, Colts is one of those gateway things where oh, you yeah. don't really think you're smoking. <laughs> yeah. So after I a couple, that too. after a couple months of smoking Colts, mm-hmm. I had this revelation that I was smoking eleven of them a day. Yeah. And that I might as well start smoking cigarettes again. And I did for a long time from uh, about the fall of 2014 until January 2nd, 2016, I smoked cigarettes. And what I would do is I'd get up in the morning a half an hour early before our show, before I normally get up and I would have a cigarette at my house in Oakville. I'd come and do the show with you and have a shower so you wouldn't smell it. I'd come and do the show, and as soon as you got in your car... Wait, did you know this part? As soon as you'd get in your car, I would go running downstairs and have a cigarette. And Rachel said, well, why didn't you tell Fred? I said, I don't know. Somehow telling Fred at the time, I thought if I tell Fred, then it's like he's going to not 
not that I was worried that you'd be disappointed or mad, but for some reason telling you would make it seem like, well, I guess I'm just a smoker now again, even though I was pretty much smoking everywhere else. Right. Yeah. uh, Where do I begin? That, That whole era that you're talking about having a pretty rough time, I was sort of oblivious to it. Because I never made the connection. Because in our prior history together, you were never much of a drinker. So I couldn't... I just never could make that leap. Like, I never made that connection that... Now, all of a sudden, this guy not only drinks, like, regularly, but it's uh, a problem. I just... Again, that night we went out, and then we went into that bar, and we ordered beers, and you ordered a shot with it. I just thought, oh, just, it's that. He's just having fun tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, a, like, this is a one-off. He's, you know, letting her go. I'm not used to seeing him do that, but something I've never done. I've never ordered a shot with a beer in a bar. But I so I thought it maybe is some just little novelty thing. I don't know. But I didn't make the connection. Because you really weren't much of a drinker. Like, you wouldn't sit and have a few beers in our in our early history. Uh, well, if I may just like pop this. in. The, the, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't because... It sort of snuck up on me. I mean, in my, yeah. I just drank more and more and more as I got older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never drank a lot of beer because I always found it tedious. I, I right. like one beer, and then I wanted to get mm-hmm. drunk, so I drink martinis. But do you remember, we've had a few incidents where I got really, really hammered. You know, you put me in a cab at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, but see, Howard, that just told me that you weren't much of a drinker. So we're in New York <laughs> City having a few drinks. Big, big and, martinis. And, yeah, and you not being a drinker, like that that how, that's how I would explain that. Oh, yeah, Howard, right. he doesn't drink much. We go to New York. We go into this martini bar. Of course, he's puking in a cavity. <laughs> that's what guys do who don't drink that much. Yeah. But even when you would come up to the Tin Palace and sit around the fire at night, you might have a beer. And then maybe a shot, but that would be it. Like, nothing over the top ever. Uh, so that's why. So that that's uh, what you were going through in those years. I just never made the connection because, like smoking, you uh, you kept it from me. Well, like and, and dad you're, or something. No, I, I don't know. It's funny. I said to Rachel, I don't know why I kept it from Fred. Maybe because I think, like I said, a part of it was maybe... It, it just would have been too real for me to have to share it with you. But getting back to how I drank when you knew me in my 30s, you know, we stopped working together in 2005. I was 45 years old. Right. And I'd only been drinking wine at that time for four or five years. But wine is the thing that really kicked me up a notch because I could drink it and I could drink lots of it, and it seemed socially acceptable. But just to wrap this up, so I started smoking cigarettes in the fall of 2014, like smoking a few cigarettes a day, then a half a pack a day. By the time, so I smoked all the way, think about this, all the way through 2015. All the way through 2015, I smoked cigarettes every day mm. and never in front of you. Mm. And so on January 2nd, the day I quit drinking six years ago, mm. yesterday, I also stopped smoking cigarettes that day six years ago. Now, I don't mention it 
in my little, you know, annual post. But I, I know I've never talked about this with you, that I actually quit smoking that day as well. Well, good for you. Crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Or I should say quit smoking again six yeah, years you, ago. You fooled me. And again, you've told me this because I remember the the cold angle of you telling me that. Um, yeah. So I do recall that. <laughs> Only a smoker could go, wow, man, I'm really smoking a lot of these colds. You know, what's, you know what would be better for me? Mm-hmm. If I smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking. And uh, anyhow, it's over now, six years later. And I figured I've saved about... Mm-hmm. You'll love this part. I think I did the calculation. Close to 50 grand in not buying alcohol. What? Really? Well, I was spending a average of $20 a day. That's how I figured it out. I would drink what? easily. Wow. Well, I mean, if you're drinking a bottle, if you drink four or five bottles of wine every weekend mm-hmm. and a couple during the week, that's $150 a week. Mm-hmm. And by the time then, that doesn't include buying martinis and having some beers at the golf course. I just averaged it out that, you know, I was spending, what was I, 153, like $1,000 a month. Right. Easily. And the smokes on top of that. Eh? And smokes. Do you know the what smokes are? like 15, 17 bucks a pack now or Dude, something. I don't. Yeah. They're close to 20. I, I think the premium ones mm-hmm. are close to 20 bucks. Uh Another dimension to that, and I've often thought about this, and what makes me think about this, the other night, uh, the kids were over for Christmas, we opened a couple of bottles of red wine, there was like half a bottle left on the counter upstairs, and the other night I made a steak, and Delisa and I are eating, and she said, you know, there's half a bottle of uh, red there, and I said, nah, nah, I'm fine, I don't need it, I said, I just had a beer, but I... If your mate drinks a different dimension, that could be. Because mm-hmm. if, uh, if Delise said that and she was a drinker, like, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, let's have a glass of wine together and maybe then open up another bottle and have a, another glass of wine. And anyway, my point being, having a mate who's never been a drinker, I just wonder how much, how that might have saved me from drinking a lot more, you know? Do you think you drink more now than you did? In the heyday of the trailer, like when you oh, go no, through I, a, no, or do you less. think you think you drink less. drink less? Because I remember you explaining to me how you used to drink, like you know, a six pack on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. playing bocce with the guys. You know, maybe drink a few shots of whatever that night. You know, do you know what the Health Canada um, level or the how they quantify a heavy drinker? Isn't it more than seven a week? No. Something like that? It's like this. If you For a man, it's five drinks in a day. For oh. a woman, it's four drinks in a day. Mm. And you know, a, a drink is uh, mm-hmm. considered a six ounce, I think six ounces of wine, mm-hmm. whatever, a beer, and a shot of, of spirits. Mm-hmm. So using that criteria, you know, I was drinking, I don't know, multiples of that, 50, 60 drinks a week. Plus, you had a mate who drank, right? Yeah. Quite heartily. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, and you can never blame it on anybody else, but I just, 
I just want because I Delise is all is always sort of been my barometer, some, some level liquor control board. You know what I mean? It's like we've never had a bottle of wine at dinner. Like we just never have, and I can see how that's a slippery slope because there's nothing. It's quite nice yeah. enjoying a glass of wine with dinner. The odd time. That I'm in that situation, and I could see how that could become a nightly thing if you were if you sort of both bought in. But drinking alone or having it on my own just never really appealed to me, and there was a subconscious thing that I probably shouldn't, because maybe she wouldn't be into the fact that I'm drinking wine every night with the dinner. But you can. I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like a big thing for me. Like when you talk about you know in in my 30s i didn't drink anywhere near as much as i drank in my 50s mm-hmm. part of it was we had little kids i was getting up at 3:30 in the morning so in those morning show years you know i i was probably a bit more regimented because you know what i'm like like mm-hmm. i you know i i'm a lot of things but i I show up like I, I, I don't fuck around. I go to bed, I get up and, and I do my job. And so in those days, it's kind of tough to get as hammered as you. I would drink, but not like I drank in my 40s and 50s when I didn't have a 3.30 in the morning wake up call. When I went back to Easy Rock and I had to get up and do a morning show again, by that time I was drinking more and more, but pretty nowhere near the level I drank when I stopped working in the regular radio world. Because all of a sudden I could get up a little bit later, stay up a little bit later. I was with someone who wanted to drink a bottle of wine for dinner every night. Yeah, that can I can see how that could be dangerous. And so, yeah. Because, you know, especially me, the buzz that I get from wine is way different than beer. and Oh, yeah, way different. And it hits you quicker and faster. It's even like with uh dan duran and my buddy darren when we're together they like having martinis the odd time i'll have one but most right i make a call at the line of scrimmage and i think you know it's tasty i like it i get what they're doing but it knocks me on my ass so fast it's like it's crazy you know it's an age thing too with me it's like I used to be able to drink a few beers in the afternoon up north in the summer, have a big dinner, and then drink three or four beers around the fire at night. I can't drink. After I eat my dinner, I can't even look at a beer now. I just, I can't. Will you have a a drink after dinner some nights, though, like a scotch or um, whatever? Not not on my my own. No, ever, ever. But, I mean, sitting around the fire with the guys, will you once in a while? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But not like I used to. Well, I can tell you this. Because I've been better. Most people don't drink less as they get older. Maybe when they get really older, like us. But Mm. when you're, I'm talking about from 30s to 50s, my drinking, well, as you experienced, it went way up. And and it snuck up on me. That's one of the things I said in my little, you know, annual post. I said, I didn't realize I had a problem because it just snuck up on me. I didn't. You know, the word insidious means sort of to quietly, you know, appear without you really noticing it. And before I knew it, I went from having one glass of wine and getting pretty drunk because it's got such high alcohol content to having a a bottle of wine before I felt the same. Mm. Another point you make, you're having a rough time and you'd broken up and you went went to Cuba and you were drinking and smoking and one thing about drinking with me whenever I've been and this is from the beginning of my memory to now if something's bothering me the last thing I want is a drink yeah it's just where I've and I guess that's a good thing I'd say 
No, it really is. I've never. It's almost yeah. If something's playing on me, or and I'm worried about something, or stressed out, I it's. I don't. Booze is the last thing I think of. Well, you also have a different personality. You don't have a very addictive personality. I told maybe I was telling Rachel or somebody recently about the story of when we started and how mm-hmm. I was smoking in the studio. And mm-hmm. you and I were so excited or nervous or hyped up or stressed. I don't know what, what it was, but you started smoking cigarettes with me. Right. And, and for a few months. And then well, you finally because- went one day like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, because I was part of the cult world at that yes. time, right? So it was like, again, that gateway thing because of nerves and energy or anxiety. And, that, and I remember it was 1998. I used to smoke coats, colts up. At, I wouldn't smoke all week long and then go up to the trailer and just hammer the colts. Oh, yeah. And then I was on holidays once and I get up in the morning and I was coughing and I'm thinking, am I getting a cold? And I thought, no, it's those goddamn cigars. Because, you know, in your upper part of your chest, because I would inhale them a bit. It was crazy. Of course. And that was probably, that 1998 was the last time I had a cold. I remember you telling me you didn't want Danny, who would have been 10 at the time or 12. You didn't want Danny smelling cigarettes or colds on you. Well, I had a, it was a horrible incident. I was smoking a colt one day playing bocce. And he said, Dad, why are you smoking? And I said, I lied to him. And I said, no, 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 I'm just holding this for Jeff or somebody. And, like, went to hand it off to them. <laughs> and they didn't. And he knew. He knew I was lying. And I didn't realize at the time the impact that had because it came back on me. The day Dad lied to me about the, the cigar. Mm. Oh, yeah. One of those, one of well, those moments you never forget. Yes, indeed. It was about uh, ten. We're, we're going to get to Bill Brio in a second, but first, uh, I want to let you know that uh, whether you're, uh, you know, a, an adventurer or just hanging out around town, we recommend Doer. D-U-E-R dot C-A. Doer pants are built with technical design features and tons of stretch. Street-ready styles and washers. Each pair supports a lifestyle of function and fashion. Uh, Go to doer.ca. There's pants for men and women. And put in the promo code HUMBLEFRED15 for 15% off at checkout. Doer.ca. Check it out. And put in the promo code HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off checkout. We also recommend the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan A. It's a new year. How about having a new look at your business and what you can do for your employees? This would be a great place to start. Chamberplan.ca. That's where to go. Get a free quote today. Uh, They've been around for over 40 years. 30,000 Canadian businesses. Part of this, a bunch of small companies get together. They have the, you know, the profile of a large company. So they can buy in uh, to these uh, different insurance plans, different levels, and uh, make it possible for a small business like yours. Again, go to chamberplan.ca today. All aspects are covered, really, depending on the plan that you buy in. There's all sorts of testimonials, other small businesses uh, that have become part of this and how it can work for you. Chamberplan.ca. Well, new year, new show, our very first uh, regular show of the new year, not counting number one of 97, and our very first guest. I guess the timing was pretty good because when you want to talk about television, you want to talk about the movies and things that are going on in the world of 
visual entertainment. You talk to one man, and that one man is Bill Brioixie. Bill, Bill, hey, Bill. What you say, man? Hi, guys. Hi, Bill. Happy New Year, Bill. Happy New Year, Bill. Happy New Year, Fred. Howard, yes, it's 2022. Good It is. Yep, here we are. (laughs) Um, Hey, Bill, I promise you, Phil's still going to be available to do your podcast. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I, I'm relying on him. That's great news. He does a yes, good job. He does it now. I, how long is because that's your your association with Phil and us as a podcaster? When did when did that start? It started when you suggested that I should be doing a podcast, and uh, that was uh, late in 2019. We were able to get the first couple in. Uh, in your studio. That's right. You used to come here to my to home. Guest. Yeah, and uh, that was a wonderful way to get into it. And so, uh, yeah, so into our third year. Which well, is congratulations, cool. man. Thank you. Yeah, I know it's fun. We've been having uh, some great guests and a lot of, uh, you know, every every Monday. One went up this morning, Hamza Hack. He's the star of Transplant, which returns tonight on CTV. And uh, I had a lot of fun with him on the Zoom call, so it's a, it's a good one. And it's called, uh, what is the name of the uh, podcast? It is called, and, and get this, sit down. It took a lot of, we had a committee <laughs> come up with this, Brio.TV, the podcast. Mm. So um, it's just one of those catchy names you can't get out of your head. I'm, I'm never going to forget it. Brio.TV, the podcast. Bill Brio is here. Um, before we get to Betty White... And uh, of course, the big that one of the I guess the big entertainment story. Did you, uh, Fred? I, can't, I don't think I asked you this. Did you watch Don't Look Up? Anyone else beside me? What is that? It's a movie on Netflix. Just, Leonardo DiCaprio was the big uh, release during the holidays. I I saw that but Adam I, McKay movie. I was right. I was close to clicking through onto it, but I didn't. I, I did not either. I've heard some feedback. What did you think, Howard? Well, it's one of those things where I thought at first it was too long. In fact, I fell asleep during the first hour. It was late at night. I was this, the, it, was, it was Christmas Eve. Mm. And then uh, we, all of us, uh, Spencer, Rachel, and I were kind of like, eh. And then I watched it during the day. I watched the rest of it. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't remember, I bring it up, guys, only because it was so polarizing in the reviews, yeah. and uh, and it it's got a bunch of really a, a lot of people you would you would really like to watch in a movie, but uh, I found parts of it excellent and parts of it sort of tedious. That may have been the thing, Howard. What was it like? Two hours and twenty eight minutes or something? Yeah, it's really long. I think we saw the time and thought, no, I don't want to yeah. watch a two and a half hour movie right now. Yeah, and that seems mo- to be the thing with all movies now, right? They're all forty minutes too long. Yeah, uh, it yeah. just seems to be a, a weird new trend. But Billy, the reason I wanted to bring up the time as well because I had this discussion. I wanted to see what you guys think of this. Like when you're watching, and what you just said, Fred. I, I think a lot of people do that. They look at mm-hmm. the time of something and judge: Am I in the mood to sit here in my living living room for two and a half hours? And the reason I bring that up is because we're watching more and more movies at home. I think movies have gotten longer because when you're watching it at home, you're like, well, if it's three hours, so what? I can pause it and go to the bathroom. True. And also, you know, one of the shows I'm really looking forward to this month 
uh, in a few weeks is the third and final season of Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Oh, yes. I really like that show. Yeah, and uh, but you know it's only six more episodes, and you know let's say they're all thirty minutes each, so it'll be three hours. And we'll sit and watch all that and not get up yeah. we'll go all the way through it. And so I don't know why people complain about a two-hour, two 22-minute movie. It's just a shorter series. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, let here's my situation at my age, my situation. That was an evening. We saw, we're, let's watch a movie. It was two and a half hours. I said no. But then probably the best, well... The best movie I saw over the holidays, I saw a few, lot not worth mentioning, was King Richard. Uh, you know, about Venus and uh, Serena Williams and their dad. Right. Richard Williams. Now, that was two and a half hours long, but I, it was the afternoon. I was yeah. at one o'clock, and I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I can do this. Is that a Netflix? Yeah. Is that Netflix? Yeah. It, 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 Netflix? I'm sorry. No, um, services. Mm. Oh, well, your services. Okay. I services. Get it. Yes. Services. All right. Yeah. If, if you're a Beatles fan, eight hours yeah. of them yakking and rehearsing isn't enough. Loved you know, it. It just depends what you're into, I guess, yeah. right? But, but I, just was, I was just floating this mm-hmm. hypothesis I have now, which is when you I, – because I, I still go to a lot of movies. I saw a great movie, Bill, uh, PTA movie, Licorice Pizza, Licorice Pizza. Oh, I hear that's fantastic. Fucking yeah. loved it. But, yeah. you know, now all movies, they, they're all over two hours, it seems. Right. Yeah, and well, when, where, know, when we were younger, they were all ninety minutes. I mean, everybody's turned into Ken Burns, right? You know, yeah. everybody would complain, <laughs> "Oh my God, there's eighteen hours of my life gone." But uh, if it's something you're into, it's not enough. Like, yeah. uh, so it, you know, it could be a short movie that seems like three hours, you know, and um, it just depends. Uh, you know, if you look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a long movie, but yeah. it's very episodic. Uh, you can watch it in chunks. I enjoyed every minute of it. So yeah, same here. And I've uh, believe it or not, just got into Dexter over the holidays. I had never seen it before. And it, again, it's a mind frame. You sit there. Oh, I'll watch a Dex- Dexter. It's only an hour. Five hours later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You watch like five in a row, and you go, "Where did that day go?" Because you just one ends, and you just quickly go to the next one. But this yeah. is my point about the uh, yeah. about don't look up. It's two hours and twenty minutes. Listen, I watched. And Bill, this is going to make you laugh. He's just getting into Dexter. I'm just getting into Succession now, right? So last night I watched two hour two episodes. So that's two hours, and I almost watched the third one. I guess my point is, why aren't it's so? It's no big deal that Don't Look Up is two hours and twenty minutes because that's like two and two hours. Mm-hmm. That's two extra uh, two Dexters or two Successions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, and I'm getting more and more into documentaries. You know, and, and yeah. generally that they, they could be four hours of this or that and there's one i just watched on uh <clears throat> excuse me um super dave osborne right uh, bob einstein i don't yeah. know if you guys have seen this i haven't seen it no it it's it's short it's uh brisk and it's very funny netflix like, um crave i don't know uh, if it's on amazon or uh, honestly a crave maybe I think okay it's, yeah hbo crave so but it's it's just it's a wonderful story. The guy did so much work. Eleven years he spent in Toronto making bizarre, and then Super Dave uh, Osborne. I remember going to the Mark Markham Theater, uh, watching them tape that for six years. You know, he'd come up every summer and do those crazy mm-hmm. stunts, and um, and just the Smothers Brothers, and they're all on the show. You see Rob Reiner talking about him, all his friends, uh, of course his brother Albert Brooks, uh, and it's it's a lovely, wonderful uh, doc. 
And, of course, Larry David, because he was such a great character yeah, on that show. Yeah, uh, All those years. So it, it's one I really recommend, but, but it's, it seems short. It seems like an hour long. It's probably an hour and 20 minutes. By the way, speaking of uh, Super Dave and Albert Brooks, and I just finished the uh, last season or whatever season this is of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, of course, this is the first one without... Uh, yeah. Super Dave but there's an episode with Albert Brooks and I love Albert Brooks so much that l- even the lines that Albert Brooks has in the episode that aren't meant to be funny make me smile just because his delivery is so good but I don't know if you've seen the episode where Albert Brooks's character wants to have a funeral while he's alive so and he has a closed circuit television so he can watch mm-hmm. the funeral that's being yeah. put oh, on in his house. That's the first episode of the it, is it, It's have, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is funny. It's so goddamn good. And, when they, and when they discover that he's a COVID hoarder, it's just yeah. so, it's like, it, if you like I've said this to people, if you miss Seinfeld, you've got to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because right. it's so Seinfeldian if that's well, a phrase. Well, you'll love uh, this uh, uh, a salute to uh, Bob Einstein then too because they're all there it's, it's you, you see so you got like Einstein was paired with um, Steve Martin you know when they were both like 25 to mm. write on the Smothers Brothers and all these guys are talking about him and looking at clips and things he's done and laughing and it's just this generation of brilliance in terms of comedy oh yeah uh, Albert Einstein, Albert, that's that's his real name, Albert Brooks, Albert Einstein. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and um, you know, it's like Betty White, you know, she was older, but these guys aren't that far behind, and pretty soon there ain't going to be any of them. Well, it's know? like that so, generation yeah. of, of rock stars all yeah, in their 70s exactly. now. They're all yeah. going to be gone. Um, before we get to Betty White, I, I'm sure I've told you this story before, Bill, because it sounds like something I would have told you about. There's a famous story about Carl Reiner, who was asked at the at the height of Carl and Mel Brooks being the the go to comedians of their day. Somebody asked Carl Reiner, "Who is the funniest person he's ever met?" And he said, "Albert Einstein." And they said, "You mean the the genius?" He goes, "No, this kid that hangs out with my son Rob. It's the mm-hmm. funniest guy I've ever met." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was always over at Carl Reiner. Always house, over at Carl. Know, were- and when you're a kid making Carl Reiner laugh, right? Yeah, imagine, you know, uh, you, you see the two of them, there's a high school shot of Steve Martin and uh, uh, and Bob Einstein, you know, uh, together, and you're thinking, wow, imagine being in that class in, in math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the entire cast are now all gone. Uh, Betty White was the last from this uh, iconic show, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Bill, what are your thoughts, comments, concerns, memories? Yeah, it's um, it's fascinating. You know, everybody's going, oh, my God, they're all gone. And that's true. But, you know, they were almost all in their 90s. And uh, they all lived really great long lives. Uh, last year, four of the actors, of course, Ed Asner, Horace Leachman, and uh, Gavin McLeod died. But also the co-creator, Alan Burns, died. He was mm-hmm. 85. And then you add Betty White, five. So it's a, it's a staggering loss. Um, but what's, I read an article on White, and it was, I can't remember now exactly where I read it, but uh, the point of it was that when the brilliance of, of that move of casting her is because she basically was sending up Betty White. The, the role she played as Sue Ann Niven was goofing on the fact that back in the late 40s and 50s, 
she was the happy homemaker on TV. She yeah. was mm. live television, five and a half hours a day. And this is back. There was Howdy Doody, Wrestling, and Roller Derby on television, and Betty White. And um, she was cooking. And, you know, so that the character she was playing was she must have had a great self-awareness because she was making fun of herself mm-hmm. and uh, doing it better than anyone. Right. It was brilliant. Did you ever meet her? Bill, did you? Have I that did. Off? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky being on the press tour and covering television all these years, um, and I'm reading a lot of colleagues who've gone down to TCA, the Television Critics Association, press tour. So, you know, we gave her the, our Heritage Award one year, and she came and made a speech. Or she was always on a panel. PBS had her several times, calling her a pioneer of television. PBS did a movie. I'm sure they're going to repeat it. Betty White, first lady in, of television. And uh, she was sick. This was just in 2018. Mm. Didn't make it, but we had Gavin McLeod and uh, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, not uh, the, the other Gloria, the other uh, actress. Um, anyway, t- t- two of the actresses who were there and, and McLeod. And it was with just them telling stories about Betty White. So, um, but I, I remember doing a phoner too, way back when I was on TV Guide. I think we did a reader poll, and she was our reader's favorite sitcom star or something. And calling her literally at home, the, the, somebody NBC would just gave her my her, <laughs> me, her home number, and wow. she was having the place renovated, and she had cats and you know all the it was hilarious because it was like talking to someone on a subway platform. It was so much chaos. But she still made it feel like, you know, you it was just you and her on the phone, and she was goofing on Canada. She was such a pro. Like, just the, the awareness to sort of be on and entertaining but herself was unique and really um, made you admire her. Does this ever happen to you, Bill? Because I'm sure it happens to Fred and myself. I know it happens to me where you almost – you've interviewed so many people. I mean, Betty White is – because it's top of mind. But very often I'm like, oh, I think I interviewed that guy. Like we, we were replaying some stuff from our uh, CD number one in, in 97, 25 years later. We did a little special show on January 1st. And in part of the audio, I, I was recalling, Fred, that we interviewed John Cusack like three days right. in a row. We did this bit with yeah. Cusack. But I got to uh-huh. tell you, Bill, I, I'd forgotten. And there's hundreds of them. We interviewed John Hurt. Uh, we were. I was watching that Harry Potter retrospect. I'm like, oh yeah, we interviewed him. There's so many you've interviewed, Bill. Do you sometimes have that come oh. up? You're like, oh shit, yeah, I remember that. Howard, I do that now with friends and relatives. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're my son, Dan. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God, you do yeah. look which, one your, which one of my you know, kids yeah. are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I sometimes have to think back, and uh, and honestly, now with everybody dropping like flies, I'll get calls from radio stations or wherever to come on and, and sort of eulogize or or give pay tribute, and uh, so immediately I start thinking did i interview them personally do i have a story some of them it's so obvious you can't forget but sometimes you know and and i never assume that these people remember talking to me i remember i must have interviewed mark burnett 25 times when survivor was the first 10 years and i was so did we by the way introduced by yeah and i would introduce Mm -hmm. myself and you go for God's sakes, Bill, will you stop that? You know, like you don't have to do that every time. Anymore. I still do that with Rachel's parents. Hello, Mister and Mrs. Hilton. I'm Howard Glassman. I'm dating your daughter right now. Um, but Betty White, uh, I was telling Howard 
earlier, like when Jackie Gleason died, uh, Lucille Ball, Johnny Carson, sort of that special feeling when people like that die. I sort of had that yeah. feeling with Betty when I heard that news as well, only because of her longevity. And she never played a character that you didn't like, right? She was always there, always mm-hmm. there. If you ever watch television and, uh, you know, uh, I, wa- I rewatched Saturday Night Live this weekend. I don't know if you saw, but they repeated her oh. Mother's Day episode mm. from 2010. And, um, you know, you, the best part of that special was the cast shot at the end. And there's Jay-Z, <laughs> the musical guest, giving Betty White a big hug. He's so excited <laughs> to be, mm-hmm. be standing mm-hmm. next to Betty White. Yeah. And they, yeah. gave them, they gave her flowers, and it was just so sweet. But... Uh, yeah, she just had even that Snickers ad she did where she gets tackled playing football. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the, she was game, right? And yeah. she had game and brought it every time. Well, and that cast of men, I mean, I'm, I know this makes us sound like a bunch of old dudes, but hey, guess what? We are. Uh, that Mary Tyler Moore was one of those shows where. You know, when they talk about the lightning in a bottle, the perfect casting for each of those characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and for some reason, that sitcom, more than a lot of others that have come and gone, sticks out in all of our minds, certainly the age group that we're in, that it was such a significant part of our, our younger years. But then as guys in the business, you can appreciate how good everyone on the show was. Like, uh, what's his face? Ted Knight. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. like he, like his character was a genius on that show. Just how good his timing was, and and every yep. one of them was good. But Betty White had a special, you know, a special. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe because of her history, Bill. Maybe because how long she's been around. Well, the, they literally when they were they had to replace. Um you know, some characters on that show. Cloris Leachman was leave, leaving and Valerie Harper had left and they were going to have this big hole there so they needed somebody else and the, the writers came up with a character and they literally put a Betty White type in mm-hmm. the script saying that's what we need for this. So that Betty White actually was friends with Mary Tyler Moore. They, they, they and their husbands would socialize. So uh, that one was obvious. But Ed Astor was not, uh, you know, the first choice. I think Gavin McLeod read for... Ed Astor's part first and literally mm. said to them after his reading, you shouldn't get me. You should get this other guy, you know, and then they, they sorted that out. Um, Ted Knight, I think they originally the idea they had was to get uh, Jack Cassidy, David Cassidy's mm-hmm. father, yeah. who played a kind of an outrageous character like that on He and She a few years earlier, which I think Brooks or um, mm-hmm. Burns had worked on. So um, it could have gone south they you know sometimes you get lucky right yeah. and you do get the right six or eight people um any i don't have your notes in front of me uh bill or is there anything else you wanted to mention and fred what were you just going to jump no, in i just say? wanted to say what well, what was the date uh, two questions what was the date again on afterlife which which me that that might be my favorite of all time of all it's a since, great show Let me since tell streaming you. started and have you heard anything about ozark what's going on with it the final season of Ozark starts, uh, I think, on the 19th or the 16th. Nice. Of this month. Yeah. Of this month. Oh, no, okay. it's coming up very fast. And uh, Afterlife's great, coming up soon, isn't it? Let me just, I'm just, I think that's around the same date. I'm just going to the calendar page. Well, while you're doing that, Freddie, here's what I did with Ozark TV. is about a month ago, I went back and I watched the last episode of the yes. final season. Pretty much have to. Yeah, yeah, so just because I wanted to get caught up. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, they go to the they go to visit the the drug lord and the lawyer. She gets dusted. 
But I've been listening. I've been more interested in it lately because I'm listening to so much Smartless and Jason Bateman talking about directing the episodes and such. Um, but Afterlife is one of those ones. I follow Ricky Gervais on uh, Twitter, like a lot of people, and it's I don't that his performance in that. I yeah. I, I, I I'm telling you, just yeah. goes to show it's, you, it's doesn't wonderful. it? It's just so unique and, the, and beautiful, and uh, I it don't is know. Sweet. And the ensemble, the rest of the actors, they're yeah. all hilarious. Um, so Ozark is Friday, January 21st, and uh, the afterlife is coming up fast. It's on the 14th of uh, January, another Friday, and uh, six episodes and out. So, uh, you know, got to watch It's not going to be canceled by COVID or anything, eh? Like, we won't, you know? No, no. Like everything else. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, but mm-hmm. Gervais, you know, he makes these shows, like The, the mm-hmm. Office and everything he's done. He only does two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Three seasons is a bonus for yeah. uh, fans. Of that. Well, I mean, uh, most people don't show. realize the original Office, I think, was 12 episodes yeah, and maybe a Christmas special or something. I mean, think about Ricky Gervais. Think how brilliant that guy is. His stand-up is among the best right now. You're not saying, like, literally at a Chappelle level, this guy puts on stand-up specials. He sells out huge arenas, and he can do this stuff. Yeah. No, he can write. He can direct. He's... Uh you know, and and he can be one of the most devastating, uh, you know, Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, the best. He sort of set the blueprint for how to pull the rug out from Billy. Did we get to everything him. you wanted to do today? Because we're going to let you go now. Yeah, you know, there's just this good month. There's some uh, three Canadian sitcoms starting up. Son of a Critch tomorrow night. Oh yeah, yeah. With Mark Critch. Mark Critch uh, from uh, this playing, hour and such. Yeah, he's playing his own dad. It's based on his own memoir of his life. Malcolm McDowell is on that show playing the grandfather character. Uh, so that's one to look for, I think. And uh, Transplant Tonight uh, on uh, CTV is a very good drama and shot in Montreal. And they took eight months to make these 13 days. Talk about COVID. You know, yeah. Make it a medical show. Those are the toughest to do with COVID because you're but, literally leaning on people mm-hmm. and cutting them open and stuff, mm-hmm. right? But that's one of those shows, unless you PVR it, of course, where you have to sit and then there's this thing called a commercial comes up and no. you sit there for a few minutes. No, you and, don't. No. And then no. wait till it's over. No. I know. Who does that? <laughs> PVR it and then zip through the commercials. Right? By the way, and again, getting back to Curb, I'm not, I can't remember. Bill, have you seen any of season 11 of Curb? Yeah, I have. Because I'll tell you, my favorite sitcom character is that young girl who plays uh, the, uh, the, the character that he has to put in the sitcom. Sophia Maria and she right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who she is, but that actress is very, very good because she plays this kid who has no ability, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know and what? Tra- Tracy Allman's pretty good. This yeah, season. Tracy's oh, very good. But that fantastic. kid sort of steals the season for me. Howard, one other observation with that. You know the episode where Larry's in the restaurant and he comes to the conclusion that the good-looking people get to sit at the front and all the bad and the ugly people yeah. have to yeah, sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine casting that? Like, here's what we need. Okay, you're going to yeah. be an ugly person. <laughs> no, that is works funny. work, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah, works work. Yeah. Exactly. That, that, hey, Fred, mm-hmm. that's when we'd get the call. Uh, Bill Brio, look at you. Bill Brio TV feeds his family. Go to B-R-I-O-U-X dot TV. And, of course, Brio TV, eponymously named The Podcast. Uh, we will see you in one month's time. Keep going, my friend. Stay strong and Happy New Year. Her name was you too. Happy New Year, guys. All right, Billy. Take care. Show, girl,
Bill Brio was the gig sky guest of the day. Of course he was. Yes, he was. And you know, Gig Sky has just launched the Travel Rewards Program. Go to Gig Sky, uh, the Gig Sky app, or sign into your account at app.gigsky.com to check out the program. International travel, you know, we're, it's still happening. So if you need data while you're traveling, Gig Sky is the way to go. The data plans for travel needs, whether, well, it doesn't matter really where you're going in the world, they can look after you. All Gig Sky data plans prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees. Again, we you pay for and your service is never throttled. GigSky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. Uh, when traveling on selected airlines and routes, you can get mobile data. Go to GigSky.com slash AeroMobile uh, to see their list of airline partners. Well, Freddie, at the Canna, Canna Cabana, that is the largest collection of name brand accessories anywhere at unbeatable prices every day, up to 70% off. My own Canna Cabana story. I was in one on uh, New Year's Eve day trying to find some uh, drinkable THC, and they have lots of the THC-infused beverages. They have everything. I'm so impressed. I haven't been in that particular store on Parliament before, and it's fantastic. If you want your cannabis at the lowest prices, now, by the way, the other thing they do there that I really love, just like online, everything is clearly marked with the THC content. Canna Cabana makes it easy. With over 100 locations across Canada, Canna Cabana Club members can enjoy unbeatable selection of cannabis and accessories at new lower prices. I picked up this uh, beverage that Tweed makes. Very interesting. THC infused beverages and speaking of accessories I got some little screens you can do it all Canna Cabana go to CannaCabana.com sign up for the Canna Cabana Club Freddy you know we've talked a lot about uh, drinking on this show Um, and as a uh, pretty regular THC user and you know I know people might say well what's the difference between drinking excessively and smoking weed every day well two things one I exaggerate the amount of you know weed or THC I consume you know basically I don't really do that much what what I do like about these beverages though is Rachel much like Delise she has one drink takes her all night to drink it right you know, and she barely ever, rarely has a second glass. Mm-hmm. But when she's having her, you know, she likes to have a gin and tonic, you know, in the evening or before dinner. So when she's doing that, I can, these beverages that have a little bit of THC in them, not a lot. Mm-hmm. And unlike edibles, which I don't really like. I know, I know you've done them a, a bit, but I, I'm not a mm-hmm. huge fan. I just don't like the uncontrollable aspect of it. But with these beverages... They, they come on very quickly. So unlike waiting 40 minutes for an edible to digest through your stomach, these, mm-hmm. these drinks sort of get processed through your kidneys and they come on like an alcoholic drink. Like within a few minutes, you get a little bit of a mild buzz. And so while she's right. having her gin and tonic, I have this. And, you know, we're sort of at the same place. Very nice. If whatever works for you, that's great. Yeah, I mean, Spencer sort of makes fun of me. She always says, or they always say that I'm on the MMP. I'm like, what is that? She's like, the marijuana maintenance program. I'm like, well, whatever it takes for daddy to stay (laughs) sane. that's right. 
whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, you're not abusing it, and it's not. It doesn't put you in the place that alcohol did. On no. and on and on. I mean, it, seriously. You know, we talked about drinking. Also, you know, we've been touching on age a bit. And Bill, you know, said twenty, twenty-two. Can you believe it? Um, on the weekend, I was just playing this game with Delise. It's uh, twenty twenty-two. I'm sixty-five. In thirty-two, I'll be seventy-five. Like, just thinking how quickly 10 years go. I'll be a 75-year-old man, and what, you'll be a 60 or a 72-year-old man, whatever. And then in 42, I'll be 85. And I can see actually seeing 2042, but then 2052, I'll probably... probably, No, you're not going to see that. I'm not going to see 2052. Like, it's not even... And you start thinking that way, and then when you're a young man, you just, you know, the sky's the limit. You don't sure. think about those things. Yeah, you don't think and about your I best think, before date. And how old my kids will be in 52 when I'm gone, because unless I live to be 95, which I won't, and my grandkids. But, uh, yeah, speaking, uh, thinking of end dates is uh, more and more in my mind. Well, the it's way weird. I do it. Yeah, I mean, it's on, again, interesting that we're having this conversation because I've had a a similar conversation on the weekend, again, thinking about the six years and how quickly that's gone by. And then Phil, Phil's 10 years has -hmm. been with us. You know, Rachel and I are into our fifth year. All this has gone by, but my kids, you know, Spencer's about to turn 24. Charlie's 27. But I, I know I always put it into perspective about my dad. My dad died a couple months before his 84th birthday which is above average for a Canadian male, 82 or so. Plus, I spent the weekend or several days on the vacation with Rachel's parents, who are 82 and 83 years old. Yeah. And I've said to her, I promise you, they have a lot more thoughts in their day about their own mortality than we all did at, you know, in our 30s and 40s. Yeah, because... I know I think about it a lot like again at 65 physically I feel great and I just you know there's going to be a day where I'm going to get these feelings or these pains or these uh, the lack of mobility and whatever level and it won't be anything but age I won't be able to say oh well I pulled it doing this or it's because I did that it'll be age that's the reason how do you think I feel when all of a sudden one day in the fall my feet just started hurting yeah why are my feet hurting? Did I do something? No, you're just old. But the reason I brought up my dad is I think, okay, if I live to the same age as my father, then my last year will be 2044. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, if I get to 2044, because uh-huh. my birthday's in January, right. I will, you know, if I die at the same time as my father, mm-hmm. I'll be 83. It'll be basically mm-hmm. December of 2043. Mm-hmm. Of course. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, there's a good chance that when that when it becomes the 2040s, that's the decade probably I'm going to die. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, now, yeah. one guy that yeah. never thinks this way, never, has no concept of how old he is, how old we are, when things happen. It's the <laughs> Dan Duran. Dan Duran, who, if you say, Dan, how long have we known each other? I don't know, Howard. The space-time continuum doesn't affect me. Yeah, somewhere back a long time ago, though. Yeah. I don't know. What, 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 year, what year was that again? 1978 is how long we've known each other. Really? Yeah. Okay. How old was your father when he died? I don't know. See? You don't know how old your dad, do you know what year he was when he died? Meh. 
thirty something, nineteen thirty. No, when he died. Oh, what not when he what was year born. did he die? If he died in the thirties, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Make me kind of old. Mm. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, it was a few years ago. You don't know. I, what I know he was in his eighties when he died, though. What was his birth date? Uh, it was August eleventh, I think. Jesus, maybe it's it was August of- though. Yeah, yeah. Like I know my dad's birthday. I know yeah. the day he died. I know the day he was born. The year he was born. Oh. Not Dan Duran. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like you know, you know, in the Matrix when they when they when Neo can see the Matrix and all the numbers mm-hmm. as everything is just a, a binary code. That's mm-hmm. how Dan sees the world. Just a series of. <laughs> It's all happening. It doesn't it's all, yeah. dates, times mean nothing. Maybe I should get some uh, post-it notes and start posting them around my place. Well, the reason we're asking like this because I didn't know it was important. It's not now, and now I'm feeling I should know this stuff, shouldn't I? Well, I, here's the thing: the, well, it's not that you should. You just think you would. You'd know, you know how old. I mean? Like yeah, we both know how old our parents were when they died. That's a simple. Yeah. Do you know how old your son is in the background? Do you have any concept? He is 19. I know that because that's a current kind of thing going okay. on, you know. He just turned 19. He just started to be able to legally drink and buy stuff. And well, we were just contemplating it. our mortality and no. giving and, and talking about, like, my dad died a few months shy of his 84th birthday. If I live that long, I'll be uh, somewhere in the 2044s mm-hmm. or so. I'll be done. And mm-hmm. same with Mr. Patterson. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. wondering when you... Do you have any... Plans to expire at any point. <laughs> Are you just going to avoid really, uh, that? But I have a plan for it. That is scary shit when you think about it. It's 2022. Yeah. And we're going to probably die in the 40s. Yeah. And um, that's that's not that far away. Like, that's just the decade after next. I think about it every day. He thinks about it never. <laughs> he has no idea. It's the better Seriously, way to go. You know, it no, is the better way. It is. To be oblivious, like yeah. somebody hit you up the side of the head with a big hammer or something. Yeah. With his own <laughs> hammer. Walk around he, he got hit in the head with his own hammer. There you go. The first Dan Duran yeah. wiener joke of the new year. Uh, by the way, Dan, uh, yeah. may I just say all the very best to you and yours from the management and staff of the Humble and Fred Show. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Oh, this is still the Christmas Dan one. Dan Duran, the anchor man's yeah. here. He's prone to oh. falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low, ho, ho. All right, live from uh, Lakeside with the Dan Duran News, produced and created by Dan Duran and his crack staff of news people. (laughs) Now with his first cast of the new year, here is Dan Duran. Today is National Humiliation Day. To celebrate, do not humiliate anyone but yourself. It's a day to remember the value of humility and how important it is to remain humble. Right, humble? Mm. It is a day for the humble and hard for a humble to stay humble, at least until May 11th, which is National Ego Awareness Day. It seems that big business in the U.S. is getting so big, it doesn't think twice about saying F you to their government. 
The new 5G that everyone is talking about, including anti-vaxxers, is being rolled out this week in the U.S. Despite a request by the FAA to delay it by six months to review whether the new Spectrum tech will interfere with aircraft navigation. Apparently, there's a little bit of a royal that's been uh, stirred up down there, and they're thinking that we should be really careful and make sure that the planes don't fall out of the sky when this stuff goes live. Now, uh, uh, the FAA and FTA, which is a transportation agency, jointly asked for the delay. And to be fair, uh, the 5G has been rolled out in Japan with no problems. Thousands and thousands of towers there have been uh, lit up, and it didn't seem to cause any problems there. But the uh, the big tech, uh, the big uh, big telecom, ATT, AT and T, and Verizon said no, and the no came in the form of this long one sentence release, as read by our H and F, Humble and Fred, interpreter. Agreeing to your proposal would not only be an unprecedented and unwarranted circumvention of the due process and checks and balances carefully crafted in the structure of our democracy, but an irresponsible abdication of the operating control required to deploy world-class and globally competitive communications networks that are every bit as essential to our country's economic vitality, public safety, and national interests as the airline industry. That's how big business says fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, I caught almost none of that. There was a lot of talking. You said a lot of words, and I'm not 100% sure what's going yes. on. But that was well done by our boy. Yes. Very nice. Thank you to our interpreter, Reginald, for uh, bringing, bringing Reginald. back. You know, <laughs> you know uh, did you hear about Betty White dying? Betty yes, White? I did. I was sad about that. Yeah. Uh, the reason I bring it up is, you know, again, I know you don't remember dates or people or time, but, you know, somebody sent us a few pictures of Fred and I when we were younger and then Fred and I sort of more recently. And that's another thing I think about when people pass away. You look at those early videos of Betty White, you know, in the as a young woman and then, you know, on the Mary Tyler Moore show, then Golden Girls and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. And and. Age kicks you in the ass, man. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You know, like at one time, Betty White was a vibrant woman in her 20s, vivacious and skin and beautiful. And then, you know, at the end, we're all just sort of like (laughs) Apple dolls or some shit. We do. We just, we get all like that's part of the challenge of getting older is can you stand yourself until the end? I mean, I can't stand myself now. I'm not going to make it. No, you're, you know, Actually, to be serious, it's. I think about this all the time. Like, at, at different levels or, or milestones in your life. When are you at peace with the fact that your face is all wrinkled, or the fact that that roll around your gut is probably never going to go away, yeah. or the fact that now this this sort of limp that I have now is permanent. Like, <laughs> That's right. So you get up in the morning and you just is your. That's who you attitude, are. Fuck it. Yeah, like yeah, just I think so. Fuck it. 
I'm going to watch CNN for eight hours and then go to bed. <laughs> and then take a bit. I'm going to take a giant gummy the size of a fucking right. baseball and mm. just gummy myself. I've told this to Dan many times. You know, I if this thing ever ends, I'm just going to spend my days in a weed haze until it's over. Just going to wait it out. It's going to wait. <laughs> It's going to wait it out. Um, well, look at it. I think we've all, you know, if I look at this picture of you and I, Fred, that uh, Greg Stogren sent us. Right. And it's somewhere in the 90s. And, you know, we're young men. We're in our 30s. Mm. 40 maximum for you. Mm-hmm. And then you look at us now. We're somewhere along the way. We've gotten used to this. You know, I, I yeah. think it just continues. Yeah, I yeah, I guess it gets down to to lifestyle. It's just my lifestyle really hasn't changed much, you know, as far as the ability to do things and go places. When that changes, that's got to be a hard pill to swallow, man. Dan, do you notice any changes in yourself, or do you have any self awareness of all of your aging process? I am. Yeah, I've looked at some old headshots and gone, hmm, I've changed a little bit here. But you know what? In some ways, well, you've I think just I've, been I've, great I've, looking your entire life, so what does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Fred, but Fred, though, I mean, you're saying, like, you're getting, you're starting to get that old person kind of attitude, though. You've been worried about you know, starting falling to? down on ice and. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, oh, without a you doubt. Need to, Prevented pain or walker or something. Now, Darren asked me if I wanted to go play shinny. Like it's a it's a bunch of old guys in a wide open rink, and I said no. All it would take is me to hit one rut. No, I don't want. I'm not doing it. Pickleball yeah, but, is something I'll entertain, but not I'm everyone not. thinks that way. And, oh and no, that's no, fine. I know. But yeah, I mean, no, I do. I, I've Rachel has asked a couple times, should we go skiing mm. this winter or snowboarding? I'm like, well, I don't think. And I'd love to. I'd love snowboarding. I don't think I'm going to do it again. Just because, I'll tell you what, it's not just old guy stuff. I don't want to get injured and have it impact golf, which is a much bigger priority for me than going snowboarding once. Hey, in four years of my life, as a relatively young man, we're spent in pain. I never want to relive that. You know, oh, and I'm wait, I, my question is only four years. Yeah, no, it was before I had back surgery. I know it was a horrible existence, and I'm vulnerable back there. I'm not like I'm not. You know, it's it's the whole uh, you know payoff thing. Yep, is doing it is the payoff worth the risk? And no, well, no, that's what I said. Like I, I would love to go back and mm-hmm. and go to a mountain and get on my board. I would love that. And I said to Rachel, yeah. if we do go, though, I will go skiing because, you know, the violence of of a of a skiing yeah. fall isn't the same as. Howard, as, I would uh, love to water ski just one more time in my life. I see it. I just think I would love to do that because I used to love water skiing, but I won't. It no. just one fall, one twist. No. All right. Well, listen, Dan. I don't want to. Yeah. Know. Thanks for bumming us all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was totally me. You're you just super. You you're like a super bummer. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. listen, Daniel. Sure sign of aging, though, when you're comparing your uh, pains. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Can you hang around a little bit? I said, I want to go over something that we recorded. I just have a, a quick thing I want you to just do again, if you, yeah, you don't absolutely, mind. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Thank you very much. And, and Dan Duran, of course, uh, Dan's uh, news today brought to you by HealthGage, healthgage.com. Go to HealthGage and use uh, the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for a 15% discount at checkout. I got several notes 
from Humble and Fred Hundy Peas that they bought the Phoenix watch for their family and mm-hmm. friends. And uh, I can tell you it has become, you know, especially in these COVID times, what's your temperature? What's your heart rate? You know, blood oxygen levels and those kind of things. Calories burned. All this data is on your wrist. And it's uh, sort of a, I think it's a good looking watch. It's kind of cool. Um, in the meantime, go check it out for yourself. Healthgage.com. Promo code is HumbleFredHG for 15% at checkout. Friedrich. Hey, the retirement Sherpa. Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the uh, Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim has been a great partner of this show for many, many years. And you know why? Because he gets results. He's gotten results for Humble and Fred listeners, big and tall, young and old. He really has. So if you have a portfolio, you want him to have a you know, a second look at it. Give his opinion. He's there. If you want to build from scratch, he's also your guy. He's a wonderful man. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah. All right. Well, there's lots of stuff we didn't get to. This Antonio Brown meltdown. The Bills won yesterday. And uh, we're winding down the NFL season. But maybe we can talk about Okay, thank you, Dan. Sorry about that. It's all right. Uh, Winding down the NFL season. We're just a few weeks away from uh, the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. Uh, This week begins the new calendar year, the continuation of the PGA Tour. The very first Mm -hmm. tournament this weekend will be from Hawaii, which I always love. We're starting to get the kind of weather that we get here in January. It's nice to watch television. I see something sunny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Antonio Brown story that will that will dominate the news today. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver, third quarter he just he has this meltdown. He starts taking his equipment off and throwing some of it into the crowd. And remember, the game was on the road in New York. You know, when he's getting the fans into it as yeah. he's undressing and throwing it into the crowd and. And apparently he was just pissed off because he didn't think with still a game and a quarter to go that he wasn't going to reach these incentive bonuses, which were still well within reach. But this guy has a uh, he has a history of being, uh, shall we just say, uh, disturbed. But, but yeah, because that, that, well, that's what I wanted you to. I mean, we can maybe talk about it tomorrow, too. But I, I wasn't I didn't do enough research into it to find out what the impetus was. But you were telling me before the show, like he he didn't think for some reason that with. He had a chance to to make these uh, milestones, and so he freaked right. out. Which I don't understand because they're well within reach. Plus, let it be known that he was suspended three games earlier this season for submitting a fake COVID nineteen vaccination card to the league. So it gives you an idea of what he's all about. But he was eight more catches for three hundred thirty three thousand dollars, fifty five more yards in receiving for three hundred thirty three thousand dollars, and all he had to do was get one more touchdown to get another three hundred thirty three thousand dollars, which is a million dollars in bonuses. All attainable. I mean eight catches is nothing over a game and a quarter. Fifty five yards, that's one catch. Okay, because you said he had Same a, with a, a TD. so he had another huh? game. He had a whole other game to do this next week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there so you go. So he did this in the third quarter. So we had the fourth quarter of yesterday and a game next week to to attain these things. So will he play next week? No, they've told him he's no longer a Buccaneer. 
and after that display yesterday, I I don't blame. So him. all that was he just blew a million dollars. That little, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's too bad. But he's, uh, yeah, he's. There's something he's not wired right. That fella, he needs some help. Okay. Um. All right. Well, tomorrow on the program, if you're interested, anyone. Tomorrow we will have a very interesting guest. Uh, she is the vice president of Rogers Radio and was a pretty significant influence on our very, very early mm-hmm. development 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the first people in radio, maybe the first person after Bill Hertz and Gary Slate that reached out to us. And the validation, I'm just going to say it, the validation from someone like Julie Adam, someone we admired and um, respected, the fact that she thought what we were doing was cool made it infinitely more legitimate for us because she was somebody we didn't know. What What am I missing? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not tomorrow. That's no, a, week a week from, from tomorrow. tomorrow. No, it's still it's still valid. Yes, it is. Yes, it's still. Yeah, I apologize. Tomorrow's Chef Jordan Wagman, who's a buddy of ours. You're going to love him. Wednesday, this alien hunter Patrick Cutler will be with us, and then Mike Zeisberger this week on Thursday. And remind me who he is again. He's a sports writer, right? Um, uh, Scarborough boy, and uh, yeah, he's been on the show a couple of times. That's he's right, a good guest, very right good on. guy. Uh, but back to Julia. A week from tomorrow, she's written a book. And we still have a plaque that she created for us, and we'll tell the story in more detail, but she commemorated our 100th podcast, mm-hmm. our 100th episode, and I'll put a picture of that up on uh, Facebook next week and on our other social media platforms. Uh, you know, we've often talked about that. I mean, again, she's a special breed. She helps run a radio empire, and she's got a big, big job. Yeah. And she found the time to write a book. And why did she do it? Because she wanted to challenge herself to see if she could. These people amaze me. Yeah. Meanwhile, you and I are going, that show's too long. Exactly. <laughs> we wanted exactly. to challenge ourselves with a third episode of Succession, but we didn't feel yeah. we had it in us. Yeah, I mentioned even <laughs> I mentioned even because I just saw the book again yesterday that Tony Clement had given me. His wife's a full time lawyer who gets on the go train every day to go into the city to be a lawyer. And she's written four books. Of course she has. <laughs> I, I, haven't read, I haven't read four books. Yeah. All right. Uh, OK, well, very good. Thank you, everyone. And uh, now uh, this special message. Uh, from Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I endorse this broadcast. A little up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the light.